This is the Troll Patrol, live with Justin Freakin'. I keep forgetting that I put the mistletoe over the, the graphic of uh, Dana Loesch doming me, <laughs> and it cracks me up every time I see that. Oh, I put the mistletoe over it. <laughs> oh, shit. Good morning. Hey, wait a minute. Good evening. I'm so confused. We were on this morning. <laughs> maybe maybe it's good morning for Warlord. The Hebrew Hammer. Good morning. No, good evening. You heard me on C-SPAN this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I. this is why you don't do drugs. I need drugs. I need drugs right now. I am not high enough for this shit. There we go. Drugs. Drugs make everything better. If I just run away and the stream ends, it's because California Pizza Kitchen did a number on my stomach. We'll blame them. But if that doesn't happen, here's what we're going to talk about tonight on the show. i give you an update on the tornadoes that are ravishing Texas today. That crazy uh, storm front moving through the country, causing all kinds of damage. It is the anniversary of the Sandy Hook shooting in Newtown, Colorado. We're going to get a piece from PBS on that. The Virginia Attorney General is blasting a mass shooting commission in Virginia. We're going to find out why. Maybe there is a legitimate reason for the AG to be upset with the mass shooting commission, or maybe they're just a Republican on the dole from the NRA. I think I know which way I'm leaning. Apparently, Republicans were blindsided by an apparent challenge to Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell. Kevin McCarthy seems to be siding with the freedom cock. Am I going to have to explain that joke every time I do that one? Or is it, we're just going to continue with that inside joke. Speaking of the freedom cock, Marjorie Taylor Greene talked about how there are five families meeting within the Republican Party a nod to uh, uh, mafia movies. A Republican in Georgia who kicked a dog. Just being a Republican makes you a low life in my eyes, but you kicking a dog makes you absolute scum of the earth to me. Apparently, he's going to Capitol Hill now. Got him a brand new job with a uh, congressman that's getting ready to get sworn in. Kicking a dog doesn't disqualify you from being a Republican on Capitol Hill. The Trump org was secretly held in contempt. Special counsel Jack Smith moving aggressively against Trump and his allies in Congress. The National Archives is wanting to release documents related to Hunter Biden. 
officer testified today in the Paul Pelosi case. Florida pastor has been arrested for pulling an $8 million COVID scam. going to see video from a school board in Weatherly. I don't see what the state is here. I don't know where Weatherly is. School board president questioned over their post about White History Month. Also, I got a meme of the day for you. Here's your meme of the day. Iron Sheik is threatening to put Elon Musk in the camel clutch. Walk Elon in the ass and make him humble. Vader. California Pizza Kitchen. California Pizza it's a It's a brand. I had a brand of frozen pizza last night. Fox, good evening. Rhinos, good evening. So glad to see you. Uh, Mox, I can't promise that it's going to be a regular thing. We're going to try to do it every week, every two weeks. Uh, that was the last Prime Minister's questions for the year. So we probably won't come back and do it again until January 8th. I don't know. Next week we might do C-SPAN. I don't I haven't. I haven't decided how I'm going to do... Uh, holiday programming just yet. I'm I'm thinking about doing a stream on Christmas. I actually uh, conversed with Curiouser just a few minutes ago. She is working. She is working on that uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. So I don't know when we will be doing. She's got the grandkid. I, I think we're doing like Festival of the Solstice, right? And I think she's got the grandkid for the 21st or 22nd. So we'll probably have Christmas dinner one of those nights. Uh, I'm I'm not opposed to streaming on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, we do uh, Prime Minister's questions. They take about a half hour on Wednesday morning, and then we go to C-SPAN. The only thing I don't like about that is C-SPAN, uh, their, their open phone lines, their free-for-all is from 7 to 8. So we actually miss 30 minutes of, you know, just the open topics. So when we come over to C-SPAN, we get about 30 minutes of open topics, and then they have a guest. And the guest, like this morning, it was a congressman who's on the panel for climate crisis. So we had like a half hour of questions regarding climate change. Whereas the the open phone lines are, are by far more fun. Get more crazies in. Iron Sheik threatens to put Elon Musk in the camel clutch. We'll fuck him in the ass and make him humble. <laughs> I got I got you a twofer. I got you a twofer on that one. Geeky baby. Usually I do take a little vacation during the holidays. Because there isn't news going on. Yeah, when I called, okay, so I called into C-SPAN this morning. If you missed it, I I was on C-SPAN. I got to I got to say the name of the Troll Patrol. That was super fucking cool. I was careful because I didn't want to say Troll Patrol. I didn't want to say Justin Freaking because I was afraid uh, he would hang up on me. But at the end of the call, he asked me the name of my show. Uh, yeah, asked me the name of my show. So I got to say it on C-SPAN. That was super cool. That is my second time being on C-SPAN. The first time I was incredibly drunk and it was during the 
uh, presidential debates in two in twenty twenty in two thousand. <laughs> it was during the presidential debates between Bush and Gore in 2000. I've not clipped it for YouTube yet because I've not been awake yet. I went to sleep after I saw you guys this morning. <laughs> and I just woke up a little bit ago. So if I'm going to clip it for YouTube, it'll be here after I get off of this stream. I will definitely clip the C-SPAN call. My, okay, so one of you guys in the chat were the ones that inspired my my thumbnail with Megyn Kelly and Keith Overman. Megyn Kelly wants to hate fuck Keith Overman, and I love the pictures I picked out there of, of Keith leering at her, and Megyn Kelly trying to be all sexy. She looks kind of like Caitlin Olsen from Sunny in Philadelphia there, though. Shut up, bird. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to do anything because I got straight out of bed and started putting this show together. Also, like, I woke up two or three times and every time I woke up, I had to let socks out of the room. But yet, every time I woke up, I had socks in my arms. And if you, if some of you are new, not socks is in like a, a piece of clothing. Socks is in my cat, Socrates. So it was so weird that he wanted out of the room all these different times, but every time I woke up, he was in my arms. Because that cat loves to be held, right? That cat wants me to hold it like a baby. Socrates can be a piece of clothes. I don't have any cat in my room right now. There's no kitten, there's no Smokey, there's no nobody. I had the kitten laying with me, but the kitten would like, we'd be laying there, it'd be sweet and everything, and then all of a sudden just like, foom, on my face with claws, like, Meow. and then you have to take the kitten and be like, no, lay down here. Kitten is wild. Oh, I didn't finish running down everything we were going to talk about. Oh, also, you guys, I, I get seasonal depression or some shit, right? Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, and it's always this time of year. It's, uh, if you go back and watch the Troll Patrol uh, from this time last year, every time I got on the stream, I'm like, I don't give a fuck today. I didn't put any effort into this show. It's always like a two weeks around the holidays. Justin just quits giving a fuck. I think I've done pretty good of staying up on my on my work and keeping up on what I'm doing for the, the Troll Patrol and everything. Like, I did double-time freaking newses this week. However, I still think there is some of the, the malaise going on here. So forgive me if uh, the streams aren't as comprehensive as they usually are, if they're not as long as they usually are. As I said last night, I was like, I want to get out of here in two hours instead of four. Which is so wild. When I first started doing this, you know, I was doing it to one or two people. Doing the show for one or two people, sometimes nobody for the first for the first few months. And uh, I had my, my former best friend, Jason the Breed Creed. 
he'd be watching. He's like, man, you, you don't even do an hour sometimes, man. Like, this is sad. Like, I'm building up to it. I'm building up to it. I'm, I'm finding my footing. I'm finding my voice. And yet now most of the shows are three to four fucking hours. There's a socks. You guys want to see socks? He just harumphed all on in here. What's up, buddy? There's a Socrates. He held like a baby. Got big old eyes. Got his socks on. Wore his tuxedo. Say hi to you guys. What, buddy? I already fed you. I see food in your bowl right now, bud. You ain't hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I took the socks uh, emote away. There's food in his bowl. I see the bowls right now. May need to give you some water, but the I'm sure the fountain in there has water in it. Yeah, Curiouser said, like, is there water in your room? I heard socks come out and he went to the fountain. I mean, he was there a good five minutes. And I was like, he's got plenty of water. I mean, I guess he just wanted to go to the fountain. I, he, quite often, he's a thirsty boy. Thirsty boy. You're a big old boy. He's almost like 30 pounds. You're, you're exactly what they're talking about when they say fat cats. These fat cats around here. You. Also, I don't feel sick, but I've got sniffles. I've got coughs and sneezing going on. However, I don't feel sick at all, so I don't know what is up with that. Ain't nothing a little pot can't cure. Oh, what else are we talking about tonight? We're going to talk about executions, unfortunately. We're going to talk about the death penalty. Mississippi man is being executed tonight. Admitted to killing a 16-year-old girl. I don't think this is one of those where we're going to be hoping he's granted clemency. Still pretty anti-death penalty. This guy admitted to killing a 16-year-old girl, though. We have a trans death row inmate in Missouri who is asking for mercy. Apparently, they stabbed their significant other. Could have been an abuse situation, so this person might very well deserve mercy. Someone who doesn't deserve mercy is a cop that I'm going to show you a picture of. He's going to be smiling. He's going to be smiling just moments after beating the fuck out of a homeless army veteran. School board president questioned over their post about White History Month. Police apparently broke into Banksy's studio. Banksy had a sculpture... A little too lifelike, apparently. All that and more. 
here on the Troll Patrol Live. Apparently, the Oregon governor just commuted all death sentences. I didn't know Oregon was a capital punishment state. Oregon, good evening. I would have thought that they uh, abolished the death penalty uh, a long time ago. Damn, up until this week. I mean, apparently, if he had, if he's had to uh, commute all the sentences, it's still a death penalty state. Yeah, they executed Banksy. Probably a good thing, to be honest with you. I'm tired of hearing about Banksy. No, we haven't heard about Banksy a lot in the last three or four years. The last real big thing concerning Banksy that I remember was the... It was like the piece of art that was over the shredder. And whenever somebody bought it for a million dollars or something, it, it, it shredded itself. That was cool. In Ukraine doing some arts. Well, good on him. He is an activist. Them. It might not be. I mean, he. I, we still don't know who Banksy is, right? As far as I know. Clinically, good evening. Oh, is Banksy in on the NFTs? Well, fuck Banksy then. NFTs are scams. The self-destruct button was genius, though. I give them props on that. That was that was a great statement. All right. I I had cheeky baby putting Elon Musk and the camel clutch up over here. We're gonna move from cheeky baby to Carrie Von Eric. Carrie Von Eric, the Texas tornado. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Wrong Texas tornadoes. Tornadoes ravaged the state of Texas yesterday, and that was a horrible segue. The number of tornadoes has mm-hmm. steadily grown in the last 24 hours. Yeah, and, it, and it's going to grow some more. I mean, it's highly likely that it's going to grow some more. Count stands at 12 right okay. now, um, but there's still four other areas being investigated, a couple in Parker County, and then we don't have any official confirmation just yet of what happened from uh, Blue Ridge to, to Leonard. Okay. Pretty likely that at least one, if not multiple, tornadoes happened up that way, judging by the damage that we've seen, but that has not been officially confirmed just yet. Gotcha. So... This number, unfortunately, likely to grow even more. The count stands at 12 right now. Some of the most recent ones, we... we... No tornado in the area of Justin, Texas. Knew a tornado happened in Grapevine, but it actually ended up being two different tornadoes lifted, set down again. Both were EF1s with wind speeds of 100 miles an hour. Another one added today near North Richland Hills. Three out near the Joint Reserve Base. One, uh, an EF2 there south of Decatur. To be determined, Blue Ridge to Leonard, an EF-0 north of Kalisburg, an EF-2 in Lamar County west of Paris, to the west of DFW, to be determined around Hudson Oaks, an EF-2... I, a tornado's more I sucking than blowing, right? A, hur- a hurricane would be blowing, One. This clinically. one just added in a far eastern ERAF County. Texas so sucks. Stand at the moment, 12 tornadoes confirmed so far. I think it's highly likely that that number will go up. Jones, good evening. Hope you are safe. As we get it covering your your area right now which is being ravaged by tornadoes you're on the map 
Sir, sir, I'd like to show you that I literally am on the map. There is Justin, Texas. I literally am on the map. Bergen, thank you for the resub. Resubbing with the Prime. If any of you guys are watching and you have a Amazon Prime account and you're not giving your Bezos bucks to somebody on Twitch, do do that. You, If you are paying for Amazon Prime, you get a free Twitch subscription every month. Not necessarily to me, but go uh, give that Bezos money to somebody worthy on Twitch. But if you decide to support me, I greatly appreciate it. Give that Bezos money to somebody. Oh, I'm going to have to hit the content warning for this one. We're going to we're going to do sad news, but we're going to have to do news that we are going to have to cover. Is the anniversary of one of the the deadliest days for mass shooting in USA? Content warning: Going to Sandy Hook, where it is the tenth anniversary. Twenty children dead, twenty-eight total killed in the massacre on this day 10 years ago a mass shooting forever changed the small town of newtown connecticut 20 students and six educators were killed at sandy hook elementary school it was one of the also i feel like when i was billboarding this i might have said newtown colorado newtown connecticut mass shootings in u.s history william brangham spoke with one of the parents who lost a child that day just steps away from the rebuilt Sandy Hook Elementary School sits a new memorial site, and etched into the ring of granite are 26 names of those massacred that day. One of them is Dylan Hockley, a six-year-old first grader. In the decades since his murder, his mother, Nicole Hockley, along with other Sandy Hook families, have channeled their grief into action. Hockley co-founded the organization Sandy Hook Promise. It's a nonprofit that works to prevent further tragedies by helping students identify and report the warning signs of someone who is planning violence. I spoke um, with Hockley so yesterday, so just ahead of today's anniversary. Ten years ago... Well, that doesn't do a, a lot of good when you have a situation like in Michigan with, with Ethan Crumbly, where the school absolutely knew knew all of the red flags that the, the child was exhibiting. The par- That's why the parents were arrested and charged with manslaughter, I believe. Maybe it was negligent homicide because the parents knew and gave... First, they bought the gun for the kid just a few months prior and they gave the gun back after they were alerted to the the child's behavior by the school. What was probably the worst day of your entire life happened. Yeah, caught him Googling different types of ammo. Deal with that blow and suffer through that trauma and that grief. 
But now here we are almost 10 years later. How does that grief sit with you today? Is it ever present? Does it wax and wane? What is that like for you today? The grief is absolutely ever present. And, and you know, I think about Dylan every single day, but it's kind of like a, a scab has formed over my heart. And at times, if, if a certain memory comes up or a certain smell or, or another tragedy occurs, it's like that scab is ripped off and my heart is, is broken and, and bleeding all over again. 10 years, 10 years, that little boy was six when he died. He should have, he should have been, you know, in the driver's seat with his mom in the passenger seat with his, with his driver's permit driving to school. Learning how to drive a car today. 10 fucking years since he died. Um, and as time goes by, the amount of time that scab stays on is longer, um, but it's still ever present and part of my daily life. So the, that wound hasn't healed in any way that we would recognize fully healed. No, and, and I don't, I don't expect it to ever fully heal. Um, you know, uh, I'm a mom whose son was murdered in his first grade classroom. That's not something that you move on from. It's just something- Uniquely an American experience to too. A way to keep moving forward. When tragedies like this occur, I mean, obviously the person is taken away from you, but that person is also then frozen in time. I mean, Dylan will always be a six-year-old boy and yet, Time marches on, you get older, your son Jake gets older, but yet Dylan is always just that little boy. Well, I, mean, I can only really speak for me and my experience. Even my surviving son has is, is forging a different path and a different experience and is processing things differently. But it is, time is, is pretty warped really. Like I can't really reconcile the fact that it's been 10 years since I held Dylan, since I heard him laugh, um, since I took him to school. You should and have a yet, teenager you know, Jake, like, my surviving back talking you right now. You know, he was at the school that day. He was in third grade. He's now a freshman in college. He's taller than me. And I also see, you know, other kids that, you know, Dylan is forever six. Um, and I see other kids in his grade who are now 16, who are now you know in high school and starting to think about college and they're taller than me and they're more they're mature and and yet dylan is forever my six-year-old boy um he is frozen in time and that life is i have a feeling she said this in like another interview we were approaching and this he, that's why he asked the question that way it was weird the way he said that the rest of the country again tries in its own way to commemorate and remember what happened I know that there's that conversation that's also going on in your community of Newtown as to how much this. Because I mean, she's she's an advocate. She's been giving speeches, and she she won an Emmy for something over there. Your community. So she's probably said that, and that's why he was wanting to hit on that. The town of Newtown. Tadpole. Good evening. How does that feel? Do you feel like it is also an ever-present part of that community? I think for some people, it is an ever-present part. You know, it's not a. Newtown's not defined by the tragedy, but 
you know, you can't go out in the rest of the country and, and say you're from Newtown or Sandy Hook without someone <laughs> making a remark and wanting to share their experience. You know, quite often you hear people talk about, I remember where I was when I heard the news. It's become a moment in our American history. And I think for many residents of Newtown, it is ever present. However, they, the people that I talk to and that I know want to also be remembered as a place that created change. Your organization, Sandy Hook Promise, runs trainings to try to train people to help identify who out there might be troubled and to, to teach people how to intervene. Can you tell us a little bit more about that work? Sure. Um, it is absolutely critical to recognize warning signs when someone might be going into crisis or needs help, is at risk of hurting themselves or hurting someone else, and then take action to intervene. And the reason that we focus our programs... You know, I... I you know what would go a long way into helping to recognize people that need intervention? Making sure that we have comprehensive health care and that uh, everyone is seeing a doctor on a regular basis. In schools is because a lot of these at-risk behaviors, especially that manifest in the teenage years and the early 20s, you know, a lot of this is on social media. And Dad, Paul, you, uh, you brought that up. Uh, I was mocking it this morning. Uh, like, oh, every time I watch Prime Minister's Questions, there's a boat that's capsized. But, like, I, I got to thinking about it, and, like, Warlord shared the story in the Discord. Like, there's a lot of immigration coming over on boats into Britain, and that's one of the reasons that we're seeing so many uh, deaths as they make the trek, the, the treacherous trek to immigrate to Britain. And I didn't even think about that. I was making light of that situation this morning. And I probably shouldn't have done that. But I know Britain is an island. And like, because I was cracking jokey jokes. I'm like, oh, like British people apparently can't see. They keep falling into the ocean and they keep falling uh, over Christmas trees. But then when I realized like the, you know, the actual substance of the story and all the geopolitical implications of the story I was making light of a situation that's not very funny so my apologies for that but you know I'm tiptoeing on the line that's what this show's about I'm, I'm just tiptoeing on the line all the time kids are able to see and hear things I ran somebody off with that somebody left one of you fucks was like, oh my god, that was too much for me. <laughs> Making fun of the boat capsizing and an immigrant, there were like four immigrants dying. That's not, I didn't read the story, so it might not have been immigrants, but I'm going to guess that. Because I was thinking that, uh, like after I got off the stream, I'm like, oh god. That's probably what was going on. It was just families. From, from some country that's been ravaged by Western imperialism, trying to make a better life for themselves, and these, this poor family is capsized and drowned, and I'm on stream mocking it. Time to, time to burn, Justin. I'd probably do good ratings. I'd probably get a lot of views on that stream.
and different channels from adults. So that's why we teach kids. How do you, how do you recognize when your friend needs help? How do you recognize um, a subtle or, or, or an overt threat on social media? And how do you take action to get that information to a trusted adult so that an intervention can be made? May I ask about Jake, your, your other son, who also, he survived that shooting that terrible day. And he's grown up in a world where not only did he have to deal with that loss of a, of a brother, but he also sees on the news, the news about mass shootings constantly. And I wonder, what's your sense of what that does to him, how he sees the world, how he is processing all of that? You know, it's interesting. Jake is um, he's kind of a silent processor. You know, they say still waters run deep. And I think that's very much the case with Jake. He is so aware and has huge empathy and compassion, yet he has decided not to um, use his voice yet. He really wants to define himself and his own path. And it's hard to know sometimes what's typical teenage boy and what's grief. So we talk about that a lot, but I'm, I'm so proud of the young man that he is and, and the person that he continues to become. And I don't know, I think sometimes he's seen the worst that the world can give you and he's experienced and lived that. And he has also seen that you can survive. So he would have been nine or 10 when his little brother was gunned we down. We are talking with you before the anniversary this 10 year anniversary and i know that on the day you as you say go silent and i wonder can you just share a little bit about what it is you do on the actual anniversary i will wake up as i always do and and kiss dylan's urn and tell him that i love him and i miss him i quite often go to his playground which is at an elementary school in southern connecticut and have some quiet time there. And then uh, I usually leave behind some sort of memento at his playground. Sometimes it's little glass stones that I paint on, or once I brought one of his uh, stuffed animals and left it on the bench for some other child. There's something that I'll usually leave behind and bury there. Just It's just one of my rituals. And then I usually just go to a beach um, and we'll walk um, the shores for several hours because it's a way for me to ground myself and be in nature and not it helps me from from my grief overwhelming me to be near to nature and know that there's something significantly larger than me and my grief sounds like a beautiful way to remember and to keep living um nicole hockley um so good to talk to you thank you so much for talking with us thank you for the opportunity As we watched that, it dawned on me that I can't tell you the name of, of the killer. I don't remember if the young man that did this is alive or dead, if they've been prosecuted. It has happened so frequently that me, a news junkie, who does indeed remember exactly where I was at 10 years ago this day. When I heard the news about Sandy Hook, was that Lanza? Or was Lanza the 
theater shooter? I don't even remember. There are so many of these taking place. A lot of news stories. I can't, I don't have Wikipedia. That was Adam Lanza. I did get the name right. 20 year old Adam Lanza killed 26 people. I got the, I got the number wrong. 20 of the victims were children between six and seven years old. Incident is the deadliest mass shooting at an elementary school in U.S. history. The fourth deadliest mass shooting overall. So Lanza also murdered his mom. Time before 9.30 a.m. By 9.35, it was his mom's Bushmaster rifle. Made his way through a glass panel next to the locked front entrance doors of the school. Black clothing, yellow earplugs, sunglasses, and an olive green utility vest. Initial reports was that he was wearing body armor and that was incorrect. Those presents, some of those present heard the initial shots on the school intercom system. Announcements were going on. Nine-year-old boy said he heard the shooter say, put your hands up. Someone else say, don't shoot. He also heard many people yelling and many gunshots over the intercom while he, his classmates, and his teacher took refuge in a closet in the gymnasium. So Lanza committed suicide. Final shot. So it started at 935 and the final shot was at 940. This all happened in a span of about five fucking minutes. They believe that it was Lanza uh, shooting himself when they heard this final shot at 9.40.03 a.m., they believed that it was Lanza shooting himself in the lower rear portion of his head with a Glock. Lanza's body was found wearing a pale green pocket vest over a black polo shirt. Other objects found in the vicinity of Lanza included a black boonie hat and thin frame glasses. The Glock was found apparently jammed near Lanza and the rifle was found several feet away from him. A nine mil- How is he this fucking armed? A 9mm SIG Sauer, which was not fired during the incident, was found on Lanza's person. This is the problem. You know, I I appreciate the mom's work with Sandy Hook Promise to be able to recognize troubled individual, uh, individuals and intervene, but the problem here is that this kid who is is 
clearly having issues, is able to get his hands on, on an entire armory. What the fuck? The problem is the prevalence of guns. It's so goddamn obvious. And I'm not somebody who is anti-personal possession of guns, but goddamn, there is too fucking many of them. And most people have no business owning a gun. I've, I've met a lot of people, and most of the people that I have met in my life have no business owning a gun. So something has to be done to regulate gun ownership. Period. End of story. And like so many other things, it's the capitalistic incentive seeping in. We've got the NRA, which is nothing but the lobbying arm of gun manufacturers. Their only goal is to sell as many guns as possible. Which is the reason why their answer to gun violence is more fucking guns. Because they don't give a shit about solving gun violence. They love it. They revel in it. No press is bad press, so turning on the TV and seeing mass shootings every day in this goddamn country is no skin off their back. It's just another day in mass shooting USA. Wait, wait. Was I, was I not on for that? I, amazing fucking rant. DM, what you gonna do about sucking my dick? Fucking idiot. So did you guys not catch my rant? I'm going to have to clip that one. Because that was really good. Yes, we know you have weird hangups about sex. We know this. You should see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and work out these issues, DM. You are not a healthy person. Have I said I'm a free speech absolutist? Maybe I've maybe I've mockingly said it. But I could actually tell you what free speech fucking means. I can tell you what is protected speech and what is not protected speech. I can tell you the the court's test on speech. Shit you know nothing the fuck about. That's what I My goal on this show is to get people to understand that it's okay not to have opinions on shit you don't know about. Though maybe you're an idiot. And 
now if the stream went off, and I'm assuming it did because of the stream elements popping back up, I don't know. Like, it's been green light the entire time. what happened but if the if the stream went down I'm not going to be able to catch the commercial breaks on Twitch I'm just, dude, go see a fucking psychiatrist or a psychologist. You have very unhealthy hangups about sex. And it makes you lash out in weird fucking ways, you goddamn furry incel. I'm afraid you're going to be the next Adam Lanza, so please go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Please. We're not talking about Title 42 tonight. This ain't your show, pal. I ain't high enough for this shit. I don't even know what we're talking about next. Probably still gun violence. This is... The 10th anniversary of the Sandy Hook Massacre. Where 20 children being murdered didn't get this country to do anything about its gun problem. But idiots want to come in here and talk about a racist policy instituted by Donald Trump that Biden has went along with I love, yeah, yeah, this this 23-year-old kid in Wisconsin talking about a immigration policy. Why are Republicans in Wisconsin so obsessed with immigration? But it's just deflecting back to to this racist policy because that's all all the right wingers fucking have is to be racist against brown people. Oh, it did do shit. It caused uh, right wingers to ease gun laws. We're not going to make deals on our Second Amendment. Buddy, you have no business owning a gun. You are one giant fucking red flag. So you talking about the Second Amendment is hilarious. I'd love to see your incel ass go into a gun store and try to buy a gun. (laughs) The person behind the counter is going to be like, well, this is a school shooter for sure. Our, our our teachers should have uh, uh, guns. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. This is the same person that doesn't trust doctors to, to perform surgery on you without looking at your pecker. I'm serious. This dumbass wants to pass laws about modesty during surgery and shit. Has weird goddamn hangups about sex. 
So it's no wonder that he he also has the uh, the whole little pecker syndrome when it comes to guns. Ain't nobody gonna give you a gun license. You are the next Adam Lanza. <laughs> oh, DM is one of the dumbest motherfuckers alive. That's why I've got to pack another bong over here. I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to catch the commercial breaks on Twitch. Hell yeah. I'm going to get high. Buddy, just taking one look at you. One look at you and people be like, this this kid shouldn't have a fucking gun. Poster child for why people, uh, we should be more selective about who is able to acquire a gun. I promise you, go try to buy a gun. They're going to be like, this is a school shooting waiting to happen, this little fucking incel. Then again, I mean, Republicans uh, don't pay attention to red flags. Cash only. (laughs) Dustin's right. Dustin hits the nail on the head. Cash only, so it can't be traced back to them. They'll still sell the little incel a gun. They just don't want to leave a paper trail. The Virginia Attorney General is is apparently blasting a uh, mass shooting commission. Putting them on blast, Virginia's Attorney General has lambasted a state commission that is investigating a 2019 mass shooting in Virginia Beach. In a letter dated Wednesday, Jason Myers cited the panel's overall dysfunction and the resignation of nearly half its members. Myers wrote that diligent commission members have met resistance from others on the panel as well as the city itself when seeking information. So maybe, maybe this isn't a... Republican being an asshole, maybe this is somebody actually trying to make a difference. 12 people were killed in the May 2019 shooting when a city engineer... Engineer is the number one profession likely to turn into a terrorist. I mean, it makes sense if you think about it. And if you've ever met an engineer... And it's any kind of engineer because like, you know, predominantly I've not been around, you know, mechanical engineers. I've been around sound engineers. But they fucking batshit crazy too. Engineers are just loony. I 
I had a boss last place I was doing AV installs. The head engineer. He's the one I've told this story. He he gave us like this little pep talk and he's like The reason why we get to go in places and look like pirates is because we're good at what we do and I'm like raise my hand like You think I look like a pirate? He said, I know you look like a pirate. Incredibly smart man when it came to sound engineering. Also was on some drugs really bad in the 90s. Gave his life over to Christ. Was like a preacher in this church and was telling me about how 5G was going to fry my brain. Yep. If you meet an engineer, I promise you, they are batshit, run the other way, and that is why it's the number one profession that is likely to become a terrorist. Look it up, I'm right on that one, too. Because <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you would think someone who is a terrorist results to or resorts to terrorism... Because they are feeling hopeless, right? Engineers have the ability to make a lot of money. I Lord Locke, fair enough. I'm, I'm probably a little burnout. But at least I'm not. At least I'm not going around telling people how fucking five G gonna fry, fry your brain and give you cancer. Engineers closer to mad scientists than most profession, uh, professions. Profe- prof- I can't fucking talk tonight. This is not going on my demo reel. And yet, DM, I am way smarter than you, and I can put together a cogent sentence. I'm better at you in every way. <sighs> Five G got Lord Locke pregnant. Got a big old load in Locke. Lock, it gives new meaning to the phrase "lock and load." Hey, Justin, are you trolling? So yeah, usually I would take an ad break at five till. <laughs> yes, yes, Lord Locke. I saw I was I was talking to Curiouser the other day, and I'm like, I'm so fucking good at what I do now. I'm not always on. Believe me, when I'm I'm when I'm feeling myself, like earlier when I was giving the rant on guns, that was me at my fucking best other times I feel like I'm not on top of my game and I'm really like they let me have a microphone people have paid me to talk professionally BB did I tell you good evening Lord Locke Hambulus I love you guys so much DM good evening to you your progressive aunt Yes, I got fired three times. 
Once was because I got a DUI and I didn't call the radio station and let them get me out of it. That was why I got fired the first time. The second time, I was doing uh, the segment, which now is known as the freaking news. Back then, it was called Xerox News. And I did a story about a young lady, a young child. She was like seven or eight, called the cops on her mom and told the cops that that the mom was selling a white substance in baggies. The cops came and arrested the mom for possession of cocaine. And the song that I used was Eric Clapton's uh, seminal hit, She Don't Like, She Don't Like, She Don't Like Cocaine. Which is hilarious. Because the little kid doesn't like cocaine, apparently. She narked on her mom. I was told I was making light of the drug problem in eastern Kentucky. And not to do a story about drugs again. Two weeks later, a man walked into a courthouse with two joints in his pocket and got busted by the sheriff's department for possession of marijuana. I did that story. And I used the Bob Marley classic, Smoke Two Joints in the Morning. I'm going to use the Sublime version. I don't know which version I used. Eric Clapton's magnum opus. My child fell out the window. Eric Clapton's batshit crazy. He's one of these, the woke mind viruses killing everybody kind of types. Fucking idiots. And the vice president of the company, when she, when she told me that she didn't want me to do stories, but, and I didn't consider pot a drug. So clearly I, I, I thought I was abiding by which this wasn't so much the content is the reason I got fired is because, uh, the, I was part of a camp, right? There was inter office politics. I got hired by the president of the company and six to eight months after I got hired in as one of his boys, the owner made his daughter the vice president of the company. So it was like two different camps in an inner office politics squabble. It was the president's camp versus the vice president's camp. She's the president of the radio station and he doesn't work there anymore now. So it was kind of like a hostile takeover and I was one of the people that needed to go. But yes, I did indeed get fired that time. The third time that I got fired... (laughs) I was working at my college radio station. I was not... Was I employed? I had the title of station manager. I ran the motherfucker. But, like, they weren't paying me. It was a volunteer job at a volunteer radio station. So, over the summer, before coming back on... And this is where the Friday Night Freak Show started. I'd been doing the Freak Show for one semester at this point, And it had been wildly successful. It was, it was the most listened to thing in the history of that fucking radio station. Hands down. I have the numbers to prove it. 
So over the summer, as we're coming back, I'm station manager and I'm the host of the most popular show, which was also not a time when I came on as, as a worker at that radio station. There was no show in my time slot. Friday nights at 8 p.m. to midnight. That's that's when I did the freak show originally. So there was no show there. I put one there and made people listen on a Friday night. And also, like I had a I had a whole uh, uh, agreement with the department. I was a little I was a little less controversial in the eight to ten, and then from ten to midnight, I could cut loose and be a little more uh, uh, blue, as they say. And then one night, we we broadcast all night while they were doing Relay for Life, the cancer fundraiser. And then we get to like three or four in the morning. I'm dropping F-bombs. I'm being just completely fucking uh, overt, talking about everything in the world. We got wild that night. But over the summer, I'd gotten a job at a strip club. I was... (laughs) And people always ask, like, who would pay to see you strip? Like... I wasn't a stripper. I was the fucking DJ. I was the sound tech. What up, F-bombs? If F-bombs is in here, good evening. Getting called out. Somebody looking at the at the list of people that are lurking. So I'm coming back. I've, I've got this job at the strip club, and I'm having to change. Like, the free show isn't on 8 to midnight anymore because I have to be at the club to, to, you know, put the girls on rotation. So the the promos I did leading into it, we went from oh oh you, I just said f oh I was dropping f bombs on the air okay okay no, not that f bombs. So I had to change the time frame and we were on from six to nine and that's where I got the freak show was going to six to nine you because I'm I'm a fucking genius when it comes to promotion right. So the promos leading into it. The free show is going to six to nine you. First episode back, I'm like, I'm going to have a stripper. And I would actually... I miss being in my 30s. I I had actually gotten my co-host at the time. One of my co-hosts was Molly Mayhem. my One of my former best friends. There's a pattern in my life. I have a lot of former best friends, unfortunately. Molly, I fucking love you. Get the stick out of your ass. I would love for you to come and be co-host. I've, and you guys don't know this, but goddamn, I've, I've tried to make contact with her so many times and told her, come host the, the freak show with me now. Be on the, on the anniversary of the Troll Patrol. Come on. Be on, on, on air with me again. I miss you. Molly Mayhem hates me that much now. But I had gotten her one night to it, and this is kind of, this is kind of like, this is a sketch of me. One night when we were drunk, I got her to agree to let me bring a stripper from the club onto the radio and give her a lap dance on the radio. So that was the plan for the first freak show back was that I was going to bring on one of the strippers from the strip club and she was going to give a lap dance to Molly Mayhem, who at the time was just coming out of her shell. It's like she had been like, you know, going to these Christian conferences and shit, but like 
college life had corrupted her and she was starting to hang out with me and stuff and God, I can't even remember how I used to do the intros or I do the intros for you. I don't remember what I used to say when I was bringing the bringing the ladies up on stage. Please welcome to the stage midnight. And I even remember any of that. Bubbles was the name of the stripper that I brought on on the freak show. So here's the thing is I didn't know that the head of the communications department was apparently this, you know, hardcore uh, liberal feminist. <laughs> and like, this is, this is like, I've experienced what, what right-wingers call cancel culture firsthand. And I don't consider it that, right? So the communications department director or chair, chair, that's what it's called. The communications department chair didn't know jack shit about me uh didn't know me from any like she wasn't involved in the department but she caught wind of my promos for the stripper coming on the stripper was a student at the college the stripper was a so it was like it wasn't like i was just bringing on a random stripper she was a student there we weren't gonna say her her real name we weren't gonna say her government name we're on the radio So they gave me conditions. They said that I could have the stripper on, but she couldn't strip. She couldn't give a lap dance on the radio. She could talk about her job as a stripper. We could ask her questions. Like a whole big deal. And I, me being Justin freaking was very flippant about all these people making a really big fuss. And that probably contributed to my firing because Justin did not take them seriously at all. <laughs> same uh, same thing with uh, being at the radio station uh, with the with the the vice president telling me not to make light of the drug problem. You got to love DM saying you're as in possessive you're an idiot. These these people don't know how they how dumb they look. I'm the idiot. You're never going to experience the amount of success that I I have in my life. Despite the fact that I am a complete asshole and I'm hard to get along with, I am so goddamn talented that I have succeeded despite my assholery. You wish that you had a fraction of the talent that I possess. But I'm the idiot. So I got fired and I, I, I got to plead my case to the chair of the communications department. And my girlfriend at the time knew her, knew her incredibly well because they did theater together and she loved my girlfriend. Dumbass me, my girlfriend was like, let me go talk to her and I'll straighten everything out. And I was like, no, I'm Justin Freak and I can handle it. No, no. She took a, and I, 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 I may have not told this story on the air, but I've told it to people before. She took a sexual pleasure in chopping me down. It was one of those, like, I guess she thought it was a straight cis white male kind of deal. 
and she wanted to put me in my place. It was clear what was going on. This is the first time I've ever met this woman. And she chopped me down to size. You ain't got no fucking talent, DM. You're an, you're a complete fucking blithering moron. You have no idea about anything. And I love how every time you'll try to talk to DM about a subject, he knows nothing about it, but he's written his congressman to talk to him about it. Or he's written the CEO, and he's, he's talked personally with the CEO of this business, and he's going to make a change. It's hilarious how just up his own ass he is. And hey, buddy, you might want to go get that checked out. Uh, illusions of grandeur. When they when they when they forcefully committed me to the uh, mental hospital, and they were testing me for bipolar. Apparently, illusions of grandeur are are a, is a symptom of being manic. I read that in the materials that they gave me. So yes, I've been forcefully committed. And I can understand why they thought I had illusions of grandeur because I told them I had to cancel my fucking bookings doing stand-up comedy because I was in the mental hospital. I don't think they believe me that I had bookings for stand-up comedy. So, my official diagnosis after the week of being forcefully committed in the mental hospital was there's nothing wrong with you. You're just eccentric and you're incredibly talented and nobody knows how to take you. And I was like, that's what I've been saying since I got here, motherfuckers. Look how you working class supply chain worker. Look at how you describe yourself uh, in, in these weird terms to try to make me have some kind of sympathy for you. You're just a punk ass, dude. Working in a factory don't make you shit. I don't understand a working class supply chain worker. And it's just some buzzword that you've heard right wingers say supply chain to try to make yourself more relevant. You're just a meaningless cog in the system. They'd fire you tomorrow and have somebody else in your place and not give two shits about you. You are useless. You're not a good musician. You ain't good at fucking anything. You're good at being a whipping boy. We got you tied to the whipping post. I can guarantee it. You don't have a fucking lick of talent, dude. You you are just somebody that stuck up your own goddamn ass. There ain't shit about you that's special. I'm mainly just saying that because you're you're an idiot. You could be mildly good at something. <laughs> I mean, everybody is. Everybody's got their own talents and shit. I'm sure there's something you're decent at. I don't give a shit. There's plenty of people that play in a band on stage five days a week all summer long and aren't fucking good. 
Yes, you're always you're always doing something that you can brag about, that you're jacking yourself off. Do you not understand like we don't give a shit? Do you not notice how every like every time you have something to say, it revolves around your fucking feelings and how you want us to perceive you. There is a problem with you. There is a problem with you. Yeah, I can talk about how talented I am because people are tuning in to listen to me. I have a track record. People can fucking see how... Do you see all these graphics on screen, DM? this I did this. You see that shit? I did that. I'm a motion graphics artist. Go look at my YouTube channel. Look how good my fucking thumbnails look. You don't know what the word hypocrite means. I need to get off of picking on DM and get back to the news. Not high enough for this shit. Gets me worked up. I do indeed have a criminal record. Well, I guess not anymore. I guess not anymore. All that shit is off my record now. I faced 5 to 10 when I was 19. What that news be doing, Tadpole says. Nobody wants to hear the story about uh, me facing 5 to 10 when I was 19. You know, I was never worried about it. You know, you say scary shit. I was ne- like, I, I guess it was just being young and stupid. Like, my mom was scared to fuck. <laughs> yeah, for second offense marijuana possession, which was a felony, and fleeing and evading... Nothing came of it. I pled guilty to speeding and careless driving. I had to pay like a fucking $80 fine or some shit like that. But I was facing 5 to 10. Had to go through the whole pretrial conference. Had to hire a lawyer. That's another thing. And I tell that story like, if my parents hadn't been able to shell out $3,000 for a lawyer, my, my life could have ended up a lot differently. Could have ended up a lot different. Not differently. So being in a position that uh, I mean musically I'm talking to a guy who thinks that an owner of some online podcast of a guy trashing talented musicians is like the Albert Einstein of music. What DM is referring to is my favorite podcast which is your favorite band sucks. Yeah, I got. Uh, I did not get a DUI the second time. I got a DUI the first time I was arrested. And that was first offense, possession of marijuana. The second time, the cop was like, I should charge you with DUI. And I'm looking him in the eye and I'm like, you can tell I'm sober. And he didn't charge me with DUI. It was that fleeing and evading that uh, uh, 
That was five. Five minimum or something. Fleeing and evading. I didn't flee and evade. I, I might as well tell the story. Yeah, because you're not cool, DM. You ain't done anything in your life worth talking about to be fucking cool. So, of course, you have no criminal record. Us cool people do shit that sometimes gets the law involved. Okay, so Dustin, I'm from Eastern Kentucky. And if if a cop, if you if you like see a cop and they're not, you know, they're not already on the road, they're, you know, parked over somewhere, and you can take the next, you know, holler you see, we have what's called hollers, then those hollers fork. And you can take you can take the left fork, you take the right fork, and they'll fork several times. So always, if you see a cop and you've got a little, you got a little space between you and the cop, you can go up a holler and you can just fucking go up up the different forks. Cop never fucking finds you. I should get back to work. Yes, you're right, Phoebe. I was in Western Kentucky where there's no fucking mountains and it's just fucking cornfields everywhere you can see. And I saw a cop, and instinctively, I tried to do that, and I took the next right. But you could see for fucking miles! So after I took the next right, which that's what the cop saw as fleeing and evading, uh, I just pulled over at this gas station. It wasn't open, but I just pulled into its parking lot, and I just parked my truck and waited for the cop. Cop didn't have its blue lights on until he pulled in behind me. How I got out of the fleeing and evading because he didn't have his blue lights on. I pulled over in a fucking parking lot for him. I was, and when he comes up to the, the truck, uh, we're like, me and my buddy Jason, we're like smoking cigarettes, just fucking like, ah, you got me. Give me my speeding ticket. <laughs> Did not expect him to be like, get out of the car. <laughs> they searched that motherfucker three or four times because. My buddy Jason said, like, I have a bad feeling and left all of our shit at the hotel room. We didn't have anything on us. No, 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 no. I had just gotten my license back like a month or two before that, and my father had been driving my truck. What they found in my truck was my father's marijuana pipe. And it didn't really have anything in it, maybe a little residue, but they still charged me with possession because of it. I got out of it because my buddy... Like, he was only charged with paraphernalia, so he played guilty to it. He had to do, like, 10 hours of community service. So by the time I go to my pretrial conference, it's like, well, my buddy will say everything was his. I was already stopped before they ever turned their blue lights on. So, boop, speeding and careless driving. DM, you don't know jack shit about the law. You have no clue how anything fucking works. You should stop trying to tell other people about shit you don't know anything about. Do you do you see what I'm talking about? You're an idiot that has no life experience whatsoever. You don't know jack about squat. You don't. You're a fucking idiot. 
an absolute fucking moron. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Okay, let's get back to what that news be doing. Republicans blindsided by Kevin McCarthy's public challenge to Mitch McConnell's leadership. Old turtle boy, not looking too happy. Kevin McCarthy's challenge to Mitch McConnell. I don't even know what challenge this is. I'm catching up with you guys right now because Kevin McCarthy is the soon-to-be Speaker of the House, supposedly. Apparently, the Freedom Cock has gotten into his ear. And they're challenging Mitch McConnell somehow. Blindsided the Senate Minority Leader, according to multiple senators. The House Republican leader told Fox News host Laura Ingram it would be wrong to cut a year-end spending deal with Democrats and should instead wait until they take over the House majority next month. And he called out McConnell by name. Now, they're... (laughs) I don't understand what uh, McCarthy has a problem with then. We not have the video of that? I don't know what McCarthy has a problem with because they're only passing like a short-term stopgap as far as I know. And I think they've already come to a, an agreement and we should see passage of that come Friday. I've been getting pinged by this all day is this uh, RNC leadership question because mm-hmm. a lot of Republicans are worried because they think, you know, they're glad they won the House and a couple more seats look like they're picked up. We're going to talk to John Duarte in a we, minute. We but who, in the vinyl count. The vinyl count is uh, Republicans gaining control by four seats in the House. They have 222 seats. The final seat uh, to to be decided was Lauren Boebert's race. Recount found that she won by about 500 votes. 222 seats. They won by four seats. They have a four-seat majority. Now, should take over as RNC chair. We uh, like Ronna McDaniel a lot, personally. I think she's she's a great person. I like her. Harmeet Dillon is a young female. California. I want to see see Mike Pillow. Look, I like Harmeet. She's my national committee member. I think she did a tremendous job. But I think Ronna did a tremendous job, too. Look, when you look across the country, every, every Republican entity lost except the House. I've been leader for four years. We've won every single time. What about early voting for those Senate races? She could have helped on that, right? I've watched her down doing it. The one thing I see happening, the Senate lost, the, the governor's lost, the president lost, but the House has won in both cycles. Well, that's a, that's a gerrymandering issue. We picked up in New York. We, we won... Five. Also, yes, in terms of New York and California, there was an enthusiasm gap. New York and California voters felt that Roe v. Wade was protected. The Democrats weren't as motivated to come out and vote against Republicans, and that's how uh, Republicans were able to take control. And New York and California basically cost the Democrats the the House of Representatives. Let that sink in. It's that Biden won by more than 10 points. We beat the DCCC chair. That hasn't happened in 42 years. I think the quality of the candidate matters. We could have done better in Pennsylvania with a better governor candidate there. It cost us a thing. But... Look, I saw the resources they, I saw the engagement in there, and the RNC is a small group of individuals, a committee men yeah. and committee women. I think, think they've got to look at I think it should be decentralized. Gone. I mean, she threw out that idea on the show last week that it should be 
Why based in Washington? Send it to the to the heartland, to the important states. I think states, we break should do that with everywhere. We should decentralize. We, we got to get out of Washington. I look at that from a government point of view. Why is the Department of Energy in Washington? What do they produce? Why is the Department of Horrible. Education there? Get it out to the American public. Let the- it is so they are close to the levers of power. I mean, now with teleconferencing is not so big of an issue, but being able to walk across the street to these. Uh, departments was a huge issue 20 plus years ago. That's why they're there. Well, we we continue to make progress in California. Uh, California's just got to turn at some point. We won in Congress every single cycle. We won in L.A. We won won three seats that Biden had carried by more than 10 points. So you know what? We proved in the House we can win in every single place. The quality of the matters. Enthusiasm gap. So your message again, Tom Tillis, uh, McConnell, hold off. 29 days. Can't you wait? Because what will happen then is you'll get a Republican bill out of the House, you'll be in a stronger negotiation position, and we'll be cutting instead of adding more money. It's great to see you. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. in tonight. As far as I know, they're only passing a temporary measure. It's only going to kick the can down the road for about a month. McConnell's been working behind the scenes to reach an agreement on a spending package, but Republicans were caught off guard by McCarthy's public challenge. McCarthy has been courting his conference's right-wing flank to shore up support for his bid for House Speaker. They're urging him to take a hard line against funding the government until they're in charge and have more leverage to get what they want. There's a deadline here, though. They can't wait until the Republicans get into uh, power if they're going to avoid a shutdown. House Republicans are formally challenging a short-term spending measure to extend Friday's deadline until December 23rd. And GOP sources believe they'll also work against the omnibus bill, both of which McConnell is, like, is likely to support. The Freedom Cock, really wanting to bring government to a halt and cause a shutdown and b- let them do it. Let them shut down the government right before fucking Christmas. All these government workers not being able to get paychecks over the Christmas holiday. Sure, and you can blame it specifically on the Republicans because you have Kevin McCarthy on camera saying, yep, it's us, we're doing it. Marjorie Taylor Greene made some weird comments about Republican meetings of five families. House Republicans hold a weekly strategy meeting in Kevin McCarthy's office called the Five Families in reference to mafia syndicates, according to Marjorie Taylor Greene. The Georgia representative described the meetings, and it's amazing how much power this woman has been able to accumulate. On January 6th, she was just Congressman-elect Green. I'm sorry, on January 5th. That was that was something that was that was shocking to me. She's only been in the in the house for one term. This is going to be her second term. And it feels like she's she's been around for so fucking long. The Georgia representative described the meetings during an appearance on Steve Bannon's War Room. Do we have the clip? We'll watch some Steve Bannon.
Newsweek, not good about putting the clip inside the article. Fuck you. Twitter will have it. The freedom to ban TikTok. Here's Marjorie Taylor Greene on with Steve Bannon. People are arguing. People are clashing. People are also starting to agree. And there's a meeting that's happening every week. Oh, potato. Good evening. Somebody shout potato out. And it's called the five families. (laughs) And the five families, and you know my reference. Yes. The five families are parts of our conference, all the different parts. And we are coming together and having discussions on how we are going to govern in the majority. And it's, it's literally my favorite meeting. Okay, let, let's let's take like a mafia coming back to it. I hope that those meetings turn out better than the five families meetings in the Godfather. Okay, <laughs> they they went. Ah, uh, Bannon pointing out the obvious. Bannon's a smart man. Marjorie Taylor Greene is incredibly dumb. Bannon is smart. Hope it works out better than the five families from the Godfather. Uh, it's not going to. Probably a pretty apt analogy. A GOP operative who allegedly kicked a dog has been hired as a top aide to a new congressman. (sighs) Of all the things... You kicked a fucking dog. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you specifically. Brandon Phillips was arrested last month on a charge of animal cruelty. In 2016, he resigned as Donald Trump's Georgia state director after his criminal history was revealed. A veteran Georgia Republican operative who is slated to be chief of staff for incoming rep Mike Collins was arrested last month for allegedly kicking a dog. Brandon Phillips was arrested on November 17th on a misdemeanor charge of animal cruelty and held on a $1,200 bond, which he posted to get released, according to a booking report. In 2016, Phillips resigned as Donald Trump's Georgia state director after his prior criminal history was revealed. In the latest incident, Phillips allegedly kicked the dog of a woman named Tiffany Elledge with his boot, causing a cut to the animal's stomach. Collins has not formally announced that Phillips, 36, will be his chief of staff, but three Georgia Republican congressional staffers told Politico he has been selected for the job. He participated in a meeting on November 30th that was held exclusively for Georgia Republican congressional chiefs of staff in an office next to office of Rep. Rick Allen, according to two of those staffers. And Phillips has interviewed at least one congressional aide for a potential post in Collins's office. It was also with Collins for new member orientation last month, one of the people said. Phillips, a former executive director of the Fulton County Republican Party, has long ties to Collins, the owner of a successful trucking business. By successful, they probably mean he pays the drivers shit 
It makes record profits off of the supply chain. In 2014, Phillips worked for Collins in his unsuccessful run against Representative Jody Heiss. Fucker kicked a dog. I have nothing but contempt for anyone, anyone who abuses an animal. Speaking of contempt, the Trump org was secretly held in contempt for hindering the probe. Donald Trump's company impeded a grand jury investigation last year by repeatedly failing to turn over evidence in a timely fashion, leading to a secret contempt finding and a $4,000 fine, according to court records made public on Tuesday. I thought we knew about the fine. I thought I reported on that. The Trump organization was found to have been willfully disobeying four grand jury subpoenas and three court orders to determine uh, to the detriment of Manhattan prosecutors who were left ill-prepared to question witnesses. Judge Juan Manuel Mercan ruled the subpoenas issued in March, April, May, and June 2021 preceded the Trump organization's July 2021 indictment on criminal tax fraud charges, which they have now been found guilty of on all counts. The company was convicted this month and faces a fine of up to $1.6 million. I do believe the company will also be dissolved. But that could be the AG's civil case that will result in the dissolution of the company. Man, I'm getting the two confused a lot. This was the Manhattan DA. A criminal case. It is the Attorney General's case against the Trump org that may result in the dissolution of the Trump org. If I am correct. The Trump special counsel is moving aggressively. Mete. Good evening. Well, what, the, the million dollar fine might be a small fine if Trump is actually worth the money he says he's worth, but he's not. I think Trump is, you know, skirting by, probably has a shit ton of debt. I'd say his finances are a mess. And speaking of which, uh, Congress has his tax returns for the last six years now. Can we see those? Can we have those in the record? Can the Democrats do that before uh, the Republicans take power in January? Can we please get the Trump tax returns in the record? I would very much enjoy that. The Trump special counsel is moving aggressively and Trump's congressional allies are in his sights. On Tuesday's edition of CNN's The Situation Room, reporter Sarah Murray walked through the actions of the special counsel investigating former President Donald Trump 
whom experts say is handling the investigation more aggressively than Robert Mueller when he was conducting the Russia probe. And obviously, he has a far broader mandate. Right now, let's turn to the... We get some Wolf Blitzer here. Let's turn to the investigation of January 6th and the efforts to try to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. CNN political correspondent Sarah Murray is working the story for us. It sounds, Sarah, like the new special counsel, Jack Smith, he's moving quickly in these in, in his investigation. He is moving quickly and he's moving aggressively. You know, one of the things my colleague Caitlin Pollins is reporting today is that the Justice Department has tried to access the text messages of Republican Congressman Scott Perry. You know, this is significant because Perry is one of these people who really bought into the notion that election security was compromised in 2020 and a number of conspiracy theories around that. He was texting with White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows at the time. You know, we know he was a person who put Donald Trump in touch Those with Meadows texts are juicy. Was a DOJ official that Trump wanted to install at the head of the Justice Department to continue to push these sort of conspiracy claims. So what we don't know is whether DOJ has been able to access these text messages, but it comes as the Justice Department, through, again, Special Counsel Jack Smith, has taken a number of other uh, steps, including firing off subpoenas to election officials in places like Nevada, New Mexico, Georgia, Wisconsin, and a number of other states, trying to get to the bottom, really, of any contacts Donald Trump, his campaign, his allies have with officials in these important battleground states around the 2020 election. It wasn't, that wasn't a lot of in-depth analysis, unfortunately. I was expecting a little more from that. We, we got all that just from reading the, the headline. Thanks, reporter lady. National Archives wants to release hundreds of pages of emails about Hunter Biden and Burisma, and the White House won't say whether it will let it happen. Uh, Apparently none of this is going to have to do with Hunter Schlong, so we only got the tip. I would assume the National Archives doesn't have anything to do with Hunter's tip. So I don't know if I'm really interested. National Archives is set to release White House emails about Burisma, the Ukrainian company that reportedly paid Hunter Biden $1.5 million. The emails are from 2014, when President Joe Biden served as vice president under former President Barack Obama. The White House now has 60 days to decide whether to stop the release of the emails by invoking executive privilege. Joe, just let it happen. Just let it happen. That's what you told Tara Reid, didn't you? Come on, man. Apparently, the Republicans are going to trot her out in the new year. Not saying that maybe her claims shouldn't have been given more credence, but the time for that was back in the primary. When Joe wasn't in office yet. National Archives and Records Administration is quietly preparing to release hundreds of pages of internal Obama White House records that could contain information about Hunter Biden's relationship with Ukrainian energy company Burisma, Insider has learned. The Biden administration, which could put a stop to it by invoking executive privilege, is refusing to say whether it will allow the release to go forward. Do it, Biden. Do it. The records, which include don't, don't invoke executive privilege, just let it happen. 
The records, which include almost 300 full or partial emails that mention Burisma, date back to 2014 when Joe Biden was serving as vice president in the Obama administration. According to a letter that the archives sent to the Biden White House and the Obama Foundation in November, NARA is proposing to release the records in response to a Freedom of Information request for emails that contain the word Burisma. The letter doesn't describe the emails, but says that several of them are press inquiries after the 2014 announcement that Hunter Biden had joined the company's board. I would almost uh, guarantee that it's the Tom Fitton organization, Judicial Watch, this far-right organization that's constantly doing FOIA requests for dumb shit like this. Just let it happen, Joe. If you block it, if you block it, the Republicans are going to come out and they're going to say, oh, he's blocking it. They got something to hide. If you don't block it, they're going to take something mundane and twist it around, and they're also going to say that something nefarious happened. It's a lose-lose situation. No matter what you do, the Republican... This is me, communications director, being brutally honest, giving advice to the Biden administration. No matter what you do, the Republicans are going to roast you for it. So you might as well go ahead and release them. Transparency and being open is always the best course of action, just in case there is something that you are going to have to answer for at a future date. That would be my advice. However, they might get the opposite advice, that yes, indeed, the Republicans are going to say uh, that something nefarious was happen- happening no matter what you do, so don't release them and give them the fodder. I don't think that would be a good idea because then it it erodes trust with people who uh, could be on your side. It sends the wrong message to those of us on the left or nominally on the left that could be supportive of you, especially in a 2024 presidential run. So release them, Joe. Release them. But mark my word, the Republicans are still going to... Just like the fucking Twitter files. Just like the fucking... The Twitter files. Republicans are losing their mind saying that that fucking something was going on. Get a Republican to tell you what was going on. What is criminal that we should care about in the Twitter files. They can't fucking articulate it. But didn't you read them? Elon, serving free speech here, serving it up to you on his platform that he bought. Where he is selectively releasing the internal communications of the company he bought. That's free speech. I'm sure that we, um, I'm sure we could, we could glean a hell of a lot of information about Twitter's business practices and their relationships with with the Saudis, with China. If we had other internal communications, but instead they're focusing on libs of TikTok for some reason. Huh, wonder why. And I still can't tell what the fuck... As as best I can translate what right-wingers are saying online, they think that Twitter was biased against conservatives. 
And somehow, maybe the FBI was telling Twitter to be biased against conservatives. To the best of my knowledge, I can't find uh, evidence of either of those things being true. Especially when I'm on like my 6th or 7th Twitter account now. Big Tech doing a cancel culture on Justin Freakin'. Have you heard the freaking news? YouTube, Facebook, and all of big tech are trying to do a cancel culture on Justin Freakin'. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. So what the fuck you got to say about that? This is like my sixth or seventh Twitter account, motherfuckers. Did they target me because I'm a conservative? We got testimony today in the Paul Pelosi case. One of the officers that responded to the scene took the stand. Let's find out what happened. Back in court at this hour in a hearing that will determine whether or not he goes to trial. Our very own Justin Andrews was in the courtroom all morning. So, Justin. What up, Justin? Well, Ryan, there were plenty of new particulars that we got from the police officer who apparently attacked David DePap. That was after DePap viciously attacked Paul Pelosi. Now, that attack. Wait, the cop threw some hands. A lot of people were talking about after all of that happened. And that officer was actually questioned right in front of David DePap. Since our cameras were not allowed inside the courtroom, we have sketches of what it looked like inside court. So we have these sketches here. And DePap had an orange jumpsuit and appeared to be very engaged. That's a Junior Cena, I don't know what that means. The Pelosi family is a fraud. The attack. Now that officer says that's a goddamn meaningless statement. What does that? What the fuck? Don't say idiotic things. I don't get it. Was something that a lot of people were talking about after all of that. The, the Pelosi family exists. They are real. Paul Pelosi is a real person. Nancy Pelosi is a real, but she's all too fucking real. She's been a pain in our ass for far too long. Officer was actually questioned right in front of David DePap. Since our cameras were not allowed inside the courtroom, we have sketches of what it looked like inside court. So we have these sketches here, and DePap had an orange jumpsuit and appeared to be very engaged as the San Francisco officer gave his accounts of what he witnessed the morning of the attack. Now, that officer says when he and his partner... Did he have a hammer in his hand? Those of you listening to the podcast getting courtroom sketches and it appears that the officer has the the uh weapon in question in his hand demonstrating what was going on with the hammer responded to the pelosi home they rang the doorbell and saw DePap and 82 year old paul pelosi in the doorway he says both had a grip on one hammer when his partner asked DePap to drop that five-pound hammer, though, that's when the officer said DePap lunged at Paul Pelosi and ended up hitting Paul in the head with that hammer. In an audio recording played in court, we could hear officers yelling at DePap, that moment yelling, quote, 
give me your hand, give me your hand, and then there was a struggle. Well, there was also another audio played in court of police interviewing DePap. DePap admitted in that audio that, quote, he wanted to tie up Paul, uh, tie up Paul Pelosi until Nancy got there. The 911 call where you could hear Paul Pelosi on the phone with that dispatcher was played, and you can also hear DePap telling the dispatcher his own name. Eventually, Paul says DePap told him to hang up and get off the phone. That's when that call was disconnected. Prosecutors are trying to convince the judge that this case should go to trial. We talked to the DA's communications director during the court recess. The purpose of today's hearing, once again, is to establish which charges will be moving forward to trial. Uh, we presented a number of charges, including attempted murder and others, and the expectation is that at, at the end of today's ruling, the judge will decide which of those charges are moving forward. And that may or may not happen today? May or may not. We are hopeful that it will today. All right, so prosecutors have said today's uh, hearing is key. They said, quote, a key milestone in this case. So there's a lot to sort through with this. We'll certainly keep you posted. We're live in San Francisco. I'm Justin Andrews. Pab has been ordered to stand trial in the assault of uh, Paul Pelosi. There was enough evidence to move forward with the prosecution on all charges, including attempted murder. Is the latest in those court proceedings. Moving down to sunny Florida, where a pastor and his son have been arrested for fraud. It's such a Christian thing to do. Now, if you guys have been watching for any amount of time, you know, this doesn't shock me at all. When someone tells me the more, the more Christian-y they are, the more suspicious I am that they're pulling some kind of scam. The more Christian-y they are, the more suspicious I am of them. That some kind of scam is going on. America. We first reported in June about a Florida pastor and his family accused of scamming millions in COVID relief funds. Now, more than five months later, he and his son are under arrest. Here's Stephanie Gosk. You hate to see it. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, a Florida pastor is probably a Democrat. Josh Edwards was led away in handcuffs. His father, Evan, following soon after. According to a six-count federal indictment, Josh Edwards lied on an application for a PPP loan back in April 2020 to keep the family's Christian ministry afloat during the pandemic. Asking for $6 million, the government approved a loan for $8 million. Edwards claimed there were nearly 500 employees and $2.7 million in payroll expenses. Both claims were false, according to prosecutors. Instead of setting up a ministry to help the poor, the Edwards tried to put a down payment on this $3 million house near Disney World. NBC News profiled the case back in June. Including one Florida-based family ministry that received millions of taxpayer dollars to pay employees. The Secret Service was on to the Edwards in September 2020. The loan application was signed off by an 88-year-old accountant suffering from dementia. And there were no signs of any employees wow. in the ministry's office, according to court records. When agents tried to confront the family of four, the cars were gone. Uh. 
on this highway on-ramp for the Edwards as they headed north. When they stopped them, the father said that they were on their way to a conference in Texas, but he couldn't provide any details. And according to the authorities, in the back seat, there was a paper shredder the family bought the week before and garbage bags filled with... They were trying to flee. But the family was eventually let go. And although the money was seized, there were no criminal charges. We knocked on their door a year and a half later. Neighbors telling us they still live there. The U.S. Attorney's Office did not comment on why it took so long to indict the Edwards. An attorney for the father and son had no comment, while a judge ordered they get medical and psychiatric evaluations. So, Stephanie, is it clear why they are acting now? Well, you know, Lester, a source familiar with the investigation tells us that our previous reporting on this story led authorities to... Igloo, good evening. And it's one of many of the... Someone give Igloo a shout out. ...that went out in PPP loans... Experts estimate that 80 billion of it went to fraudsters. God damn, 80 billion dollars. Uh, I love I love the idiot in the chat. It's like they're probably Democrats. I'm almost certain I can Google that pastor and he'll be like a MAGA motherfucker. <laughs> almost certain. What was his name? I didn't catch it there. Evan Edwards. Go see what he... Ah, come on. Not pulling up his church. Is it the Ministry of Spirit and Truth International? It's all news stories. I'm not actually finding. Uh, I wanted. I wanted to just pull up his church or some shit. I'm just getting all the news stories about you know how he's a fraudster. Someone called him a fake minister. No, 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 no. No true Scotsman. Because he's committing fraud doesn't mean he's a fake minister. I, I would I would actually say that, you know, most ministers are committing fraud. Most ministers are committing fraud. Let's go to... Weatherly. Where is Weatherly? I was trying to determine this earlier. What state are we in? Pennsylvania. We're in Weatherly, Pennsylvania. The school board president questioned about their Facebook post referencing White History Month. This happened in Weatherly, Pennsylvania. Uh, Tyree Harris, the former uh, Weather Area School District employee, speaking before the board last Wednesday. This is what the video is of. We want to address this right now. We want to address this right now in front of everyone. Because... 
This was posted on somebody's Facebook page. There is the president of this school board. At no time on that paper does it say laugh out loud, I was joking. As an African-American male, I will not go for this. And if you guys aren't going to do anything, we can talk to the education department of Pennsylvania, or we can bring the higher up paper papers. We can make this national because there's no need for that. There's no need for that. And two, two school board members knew about it. Chrissy Hauser, who sent me emoji with hand on the face. Kenny Jacoby said, that's not a good look. I can speak for Kenny Jacoby because I've known that man for a long time and I know his mother and his father. I will not go for this. Mr. And Mrs. This Jacoby? So diversified now. So diversified. And for her to post that and then delete it, you still posted it. That's ignorant, racist, and we're not going for it. It is ignorant. So Stop being ignorant. If you want to post that, then you're going to have issues with me. Do you know um, when that was posted? Last year it was. No, it wasn't posted. When was it posted, April? When was it posted? Because you deleted it. You deleted it. You deleted it. Seven years ago. How are you going to argue with that? Because it's your name. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you stand up? There's nothing racist about that. There's nothing racist about that. When is White History Month? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? It's not racist at all. Okay. Okay. So you have next. You have. See what I mean? Ma'am, it absolutely is racist because White History Month is every month. White history is the default in this country. We have always learned history from the white perspective. Matter of fact, the, the Daughters of the Confederacy used to go through textbooks and literally whitewash history. Many baby boomers didn't get a good uh, summation of history in this country because of lost cause propaganda. We highlight black history for a month because we don't integrate black history properly into the curriculum. Yes, your post was racist. Right. See what I mean? The ignorance. Thank you. Thank you. You're Big welcome. mouth. You're welcome. Yeah, fuck that woman. Okay. And I had enough of your time. If you're going to yeah. be here, listen, I'd love to come in. But you have to be respectful. But then make it better. Well, she, whoa, 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 whoa. Why does he have to be respectful? She wasn't respectful. He's throwing out disrespect on the social media. Why does he have to come in and be respectful? Okay, I had enough of your time. Why, why hold him to a higher standard than you're holding her? If you're going to be here, listen, I'd love to come in, but you have to be respectful. But then make it okay. both ways, please. Okay. Make it, way, make it both ways, up, please. Sir. I will, I will respect up. you, Bill. I will respect okay. you. Could you make it both ways, please? That's all I'm asking. It is both ways. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Bill. Okay. I, Bill, I apologize. It's clearly not. It's clearly not. Copy shows Walters reposted the image originally posted by Gretchen Spracker 
whose Facebook page shows she's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The image is a black box with an American flag at the top and center and with the words in white below. I forgot when is White History Month is what she posted. So they're accusing this of being political. Apparently he was on the school board and they're saying his tirade was him preparing to run again. He frequently likes to stir the pot about issues, which sounds like some some shit a racist would say trying to defend themselves. I, I, I think it speaks for themselves, or the video speaks for itself because the woman was like, I don't think the post is racist. She has no business being on the school board. Content warning before we get into this next one. You want to see some racist shit? I got some racist shit for you. Top smiles after violently beating a homeless army vet. Incident follows a number of brutality allegations against the police department. Attorneys for Delvin Gadson, a 29-year-old veteran, is calling for an investigation following the release of a photo of Gadson's bloodied face after he was beaten by a police officer. This is according to a News One report. The cops were also photographed smiling with bloody knuckles. Oh shit, I didn't even notice his bloody knuckles. He is posing with his fucking knuckles after beating the shit out of this man. Gadsden served in the Army National Guard as a helicopter mechanic and was homeless at the time of the October incident during which he was pulled over for a traffic stop. The report noted both an improperly displayed license tag and a car and car failure as reasons for the stop, one officer claimed Gadsden smelled of marijuana and tried to issue a DUI test. Gadsden was told when he got out of his vehicle that he would be handcuffed, so he refused to exit until he was told why he was being arrested. After asking an honest question, Gadsden said he was grabbed out of his car. Smash, good evening. The same police officer immediately started punching me in the face while pulling me out of the car. After the first punch, I tried to say okay, I tried to say sorry, I tried to lay on the ground, but multiple officers were grabbing me, kicking me in the head, kneeing and elbowing me in the face, and punching me everywhere possible. After I was punched several times in the face, I lost consciousness. According to Gadsden's GoFundMe, God damn, you can see his face as he's laying in the hospital. There's a link to his GoFundMe. You feel compelled to share. They are $28,500 into the 50 grand goal. Oh, awesome. Everyone that has donated fucking goons indeed meat cakes. Dalvin Gadsden was a homeless veteran living out of his car. This is from the law office of Harry Daniels. Gadsden received multiple injuries, including injuries to his eye, a ruptured eardrum, and PTSD. He was charged with two counts of second-degree assault on a police officer. 
resisting arrest, obstructing a peace officer, driving under the influence, and driving without a license plate. Both charges of second-degree assault on a police officer have been dropped, and the DUI case was dismissed. So, he didn't do anything. He didn't fucking do anything. Cops beat the shit out of him for no reason. Gadsden's attorneys are calling for a criminal investigation and for the action to be taken against the officers. Yes! All over an improper tag. And he photographed himself. He photographed himself. Smiling afterwards. A cab. Going to hit the content warning again. Hold on, hold on. We're Twitch. To, Twitch got the commercial break. Uh, so if you're watching on Twitch and you're not subbed, you probably got hit with a commercial break. I'm gonna take a break real fast and go and refill my drink. I am thirsty, and we're gonna come back and we're going to talk about the death penalty. Plus, I've got a really cute uh, video of a cat playing with a cat toy. Plus, police broke into Banksy's studio because one of his sculptures was a little too lifelike. All that and more on the other side of the break here on the Troll Patrol Live. We live in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freaking News. Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute, weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more. Last-minute holiday shopping ideas. Go ahead and stop by the Freak Store. All kinds of fun shit. I don't know what the cutoff... I don't think I got a thing from Teespring yet, the, uh, the cutoff to get shit before Christmas. I would assume it's coming up close, though. Get your orders in. Also, this guy's weirding me out. He's looking at me funny over here. Oof. We're going to come to that here in a second, though. 
I'm pretty against the death penalty, but this guy might deserve it. I don't know. The state should probably not have the power to kill people. This guy might deserve to do Those two things can be true at the same time. I don't believe politically that the state should have the power to kill people. And also, this dude probably deserves to die. Those two things can be true at the same time. Here's your meme. Oh, your meme after we come back from commercial break. This is Casting Couch, Southern style. I've seen this porno. It's called Dixie's Trailer Park. You live in sexual anarchy. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's what this is from. You want some good cousin fucking porn? There you go. God, I love cut off jeans so much. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have to give you guys a good laugh before we talk about the death penalty. High enough for this shit. That's why I don't think I probably... I was on C-SPAN this morning. I called into Washington Journal. I don't think I portrayed uh, the true essence of this show. And one of the reasons why we like watching C-SPAN on this show. C-SPAN is the perfect... Uh, the Washington Journal call-ins is the perfect fodder for, for this kind of a, a show. Because like C-SPAN call-ins, we talk about substantive shit. We get down into the weeds and wonky stuff. However, you'll also get some uh, right-wing batshit craziness come through. And then you'll also get some trolls and some jokey jokes. That's pretty much the same thing. Like You'll get people calling into C-SPAN that have excellent points that they're making very substantive and then you'll get somebody that's like I wipe my ass with a sock and those are fun and then you get somebody calling in and man there was one this morning and the dude had such a good point the dude perfectly described the conditions here in the United States and that's why this is so sad then turns it around and starts talking about like the woke Marxists that are taking over society and ruining everything and the great reset totally had me in the first half not gonna lie (laughs) but I was so careful with my call because I didn't want to say Justin freaking I didn't want to say the troll patrol because I figured I would get hung up on and then finally at the end of the at the end of the call he asked me what the name of my show was and I'm like the troll patrol live and I wonder how many people laughed at that Oh, hey, we do serious news. It's called the Troll Patrol Live. Anyway, let's talk about executions. Mississippi is set to execute a man for killing a 16-year-old girl. Once again, content warning fuckers. This dude either deserves to die or should be like in some... German metal band. One or the other. There's no in between. 
Mississippi man who pleaded guilty to raping and killing a 16 year God damn. Mississippi man who pleaded guilty to raping and killing a 16 year old girl is scheduled to be put to death Wednesday evening. He would become the second inmate executed in Mississippi in 10 years. Thomas Edwin Loden Jr. 58 is set to receive a lethal injection at the Mississippi State Penitentiary at Parchman. He has been on death row since 2001 when he pleaded guilty to capital murder, rape, and four counts of sexual battery against Lisa Marie Gray. In a late-night ruling on December 7th, a federal judge declined to block Mississippi from carrying out the execution amid a pending lawsuit from Loden and four Mississippi death row inmates over the state's lethal injection protocol. More than likely, the state of Mississippi is going to torture this man tonight, or is torturing this man. Uh, Oh shit, it says it's scheduled for 7 p.m. So, they probably already tortured this man to death. I'll give you an update here in just a second. Mark McDonald, one of Loden's attorneys, said Wednesday morning that Loden didn't plan to seek any further delays in the execution scheduled for 7 p.m. So it probably went forward about two hours ago because I think uh, this is Mississippi. I think they're on Central Time. Officials checked on Loden at 11 a.m. Wednesday. He's in good spirits. Harry McDonald, Executive uh, Deputy Commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Corrections, said at a news conference, once he finishes his last meal, four unnamed visitors and Loden's two attorneys will be allowed to see him leading up to the execution. Loden has also requested daily visits from Maurice Clifton, the Department of Correction, uh, Corrections chaplain, and an unnamed mental health professional. Mitchell said they spoke to Loden again at approximately tw- uh, 12.45 p.m., He was remorseful to the family. During the summer ahead of what should have been uh, Gray's senior year of high school, she had worked as a waitress at her uncle's restaurant, uh, restaurant northeast Mississippi. On June 22, 2000, she left work after dark and became stranded with a flat tire on a rural road. Loden, a Marine Corps recruiter, with relatives in the area, encountered Gray on the road around 10.45 p.m. He stopped and began speaking with the teenager about the flat tire. Don't worry, I'm a Marine. We do this kind of stuff. Loden told investigators he became angry after Gray allegedly said she would never want to be a Marine and that he ordered her into his van. He spent four hours sexually assaulting her before strangling and suffocating her. My God. Fuck you, dude. Court records show that on the afternoon of June 23rd, Loden was discovered lying by the side of the road with the words, I'm sorry, carved into his chest and apparent self-inflicted lacerations on on the wrists. Pleading guilty in September of 2001, Loden told Gray's friends and families during his sentencing, I hope you may have some sense of justice when you leave here today. Wanda Ferris, Gray's mother, described her daughter as a happy-go-lucky, always-smiling teenager who aspired to become an elementary school teacher. Wasn't perfect now, mind you, Ferris said, but she strived to do right. Ferris plans on intending the execution. 
So now I'm probably going to give you the news that this man was executed just moments ago, or we will be going to a live shot of a reporter outside of the penitentiary awaiting word that he has been executed. He had pork chops and biscuits in his last meal. The wild, the first return I get is Sky News. Sky News. Sky News confirms the man who carved I'm sorry on his chest after raping and murdering a girl. It was executed in Mississippi. Execution was indeed carried out by lethal injection. He more than likely was tortured to death by the state, which is an issue. And I am against that. I'm against the state torturing a man to death. However, if there is someone that deserved to be tortured to death, it was probably this motherfucker right here. Those two, those two statements are not mutually exclusive. I still don't think the state should have that power. And if, 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 if you're coming at it strictly from a punitive matter, him dying tonight was honestly the easiest way out. Him living out the rest of his life in prison would have been torture, I assure you. Especially in the U.S. prison system. Where a lot of countries won't even extradite because of the conditions inside our prisons. This one is going to be a heartbreaker. A transgender inmate who is on Missouri's death row is asking for mercy. The first openly transgender woman said to be executed in the U.S. is asking Missouri's governor for mercy. The first openly transgender woman said to be executed in the U.S. is asking Missouri's governor for mercy, citing mental health issues. Lawyers for Amber uh, McLaughlin, now 49, on Monday asked Republican Governor Mike Parson to spare her. McLaughlin uh, was convicted of killing 45-year-old Beverly uh, Gunther on November 20th, 2003. Gunther was raped and stabbed to death in St. Louis County. I thought I saw that Gunther was her lover. I may be wrong about that. There is no known case of an openly transgender inmate being executed in the U.S. before, according to the Anti-Execution Death Penalty Information Center. It's wrong when anyone's executed, regardless, but I hope that this is a first that doesn't occur, said Federal Public Defender Larry Comp. Amber has shown great courage in embracing who she is as a transgender woman in spite of the potential for people reacting with hate. So I admire her display of courage. 
McLaughlin's lawyer cited her traumatic childhood and mental health issues, which the jury never heard, in the clemency petition. Foster parent rubbed feces in her face when she was a toddler, and her adoptive father tased her. According to a letter to Parson, she tried to kill herself multiple times, both as a child and as an adult. Parson's spokeswoman, Kelly Jones, said the governor's office is reviewing her request for mercy. They're not decisions that the governor takes lightly, Jones said in an email. Ump said McLaughlin's lawyers are scheduled to meet with Parson on Tuesday. Judge sentenced McLaughlin to death after a jury was unable to decide on death or life in prison without parole. If the jury couldn't decide, then why not life without parole? Cyanide, her genitalia is none of your fucking business. Why do, why do people obsess over others' genitalia? If you're not fucking somebody, their genitalia should be the furthest thing from your mind. Do you understand how sick that is? Cross-eyed is back. Surrey has only executed one woman before State Corrections Department spokeswoman Karen Podgeman said in an email. McLaughlin's lawyers said she previously was rooming with another transgender woman, but now is living in isolation leading up to her scheduled execution date. Podgeman said 9% of Missouri's prison population is female and all capital punishment inmates are imprisoned at Potosi? Correctional Center. Missouri executed two men this year. Kevin Johnson, a 37-year-old who was convicted of ambushing and killing a St. Louis area police officer he blamed in the death of his younger brother. He was put to death last month, who I also protested. Carmen Deck died by injection in May for killing James and Zelma Long during a robbery at their home in DeSoto, Missouri in 1996. Some women have penises. Some women have both a penis and a vagina. Some people have genitalia that is unrecognizable, whether they identify as a woman or a man. Your guys' hang-ups on people's genitalia is weird. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I do not get it. Most people are born with a vagina or a penis. This is true. And I can show you the distribution of normal-sized penises, normal-sized clits. They fall on a normal curve. But there are outliers, and this proves a spectrum. How in the fuck could sex possibly be an on-or-off switch? Do you think... That just because I'm a male, I get a certain amount of testosterone. No. Every male receives a different amount of testosterone. And this is all fucking uh, uh, sex traits. They all fall on a spectrum. It's not an on or off switch. You are an amalgamation of all the different sex traits. Which all fall on a spectrum. 
effects cannot possibly be black or white. It is idiotic. I did not commit a straw man or a red herring. You clearly do not know what those words mean. You are stupid. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? There are people born with both sex organs. There are people born with no sex organs. And there are people born with everything in between. There are, are, are females born with clits so large that doctors believe they are penises. There are people born with penises so small that doctors think there are vaginas. Shut, like, game aids or whatever the fuck you guys keep bringing up to me. Shut the fuck up. That's your new buzzword. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Not a one of you has any goddamn idea what biologists or geneticists have to say on this topic. You just repeat what you see on Twitter or what you heard some dumb fuck say on YouTube. Just because you want to bully marginalized people doesn't mean that you're right and I will stand up to you. You are dumb. I am explaining it to you. It's not hard to understand. Nobody, see, this is, this is a straw man. Nobody said there is another sex. We say that sex traits are a bimodal distribution and that there is a gray area between man and woman. And it makes perfect sense. I just explained it to you. When we are formed in the womb... What becomes a penis or a vagina is, or what becomes a penis or a clit is the same fucking thing. How they develop determines whether it's going to be a penis or a clit. And they develop on a scale. They develop on a scale. That's why some people have big honking fucking hogs. That's why some females have gigantic fucking clits. They develop on a scale. All sex traits are on a fucking scale. It's so fucking obvious. How are you people that goddamn dumb? You are an amalgamation. You can't possibly break down your traits as, 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 as male or female as one binary. One or the other. You can't possibly do that because... You are made up of all these different traits that fall on a scale. Some men don't get as much testosterone as others. Some men get some estrogen. And I don't even, I don't know shit about anatomy. And I know there there are, are, are multiple different hormones you can point to. You keep creating this, like, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not trying to comprehend what I'm saying. This is why it's so frustrating talking to idiots. You're not getting it, and then you're wanting to, oh, but 
I want to I want to set up this fucking uh, scenario. If you don't do this, then you're not a male. No, the terms male and female, those are labels that humans made up to describe naturally occurring phenomenon. Those words aren't all encompassing enough. If you weren't a stupid fuck and if you actually cared about this issue, you would go look up and see what biologists had to say. How hard of a time they have had over the years, defining what makes a male and a female. Because no matter how you define male and female, you leave people out of the box that society would recognize as a female or society would recognize as a male. This is the proof that it is a spectrum. Yeah, I know you don't care about facts. You want to come in here and say your stupid fucking bullshit. You don't want to listen to what people have to say. And this is why I get so upset with right-wingers and just go ahead and call you fucking morons. And then, and then the dumb fuck right-wingers will be like, well, all you do is call people names. No, I tried to explain it to you and you won't fucking listen. You're an idiot. And it tones, my entire point, my entire point is that it's far more complicated than just male or female. And anyone who is trying to put it into this black and white terms, trying, can't think outside the box is just fucking stupid. And we know this. We, like, it's so goddamn obvious. I don't see how you people can't see it other than you were indoctrinated and you have a point of view that you have to push. Something about traditional values or some shit. And this is why I just break down and call right-wingers fucking morons. Why do I keep having to have this conversation? I didn't even have this on the list tonight. Why Why do people have to... We were talking about criminal justice and the death penalty. And some dumbass had to come in here and be like, Penis! And once again, it's weird that you think about other people's genitalia. If you ain't fucking them, then their genitalia is none of your business. Why are right-wingers so goddamn weird? Oh yeah, somebody hit the weed. I probably do. I'm not high enough for this shit. Males produce firm, females produce eggs. See, you're wanting to, once again, create your own definition. Go read what biologists have to say. Go read what geneticists have to say about this issue. Because there's plenty of people you consider female that don't create eggs. So your definition is woefully insufficient. And this and this is this is what is infuriating is this is an actual conversation that you can go and has been raging in the biologist community for decades now. And you are, you are so unaware of the, the debate that has been had on the topic. You aren't educated. So why would you come in here and tell? It's okay not to have strong opinions about shit you don't know about. 
it's gonna say it again. It's okay to not have strong opinions about shit you don't know about. That is my motto here on this show. This is that is the mission statement of the Troll Patrol. It is okay not to have strong opinions about shit you don't know about. Justin does it all the time on the show. We will cover stories that Justin doesn't know all that much about. I'll try to defer to people that do know about it. Justin hasn't talked about Peru because Justin isn't sure exactly what's going I mean, I covered the news. We covered the headline. I have not gotten into it because there is some, apparently, there is some dispute over whether the president who was ousted by parliament was actually acting on behalf of the people. It seemed to me, as a bird's eye view, it seems that he was acting uh, anti-democratically against the elected Congress, but I don't know enough about Peru to really speak on the topic. So I wanted to learn more about it myself before I actually get here on the troll. But I don't have strong opinions about Peru because I don't know enough about it to form strong opinions. And that's okay. But in our in our current social media 24-hour news cycle fucking uh, status here, people seem to like read headlines and just automatically have a concrete opinion on things, and it's really weird to me. And you you don't know all the history that goes into like, like fucking DM. Last time I actually let him call in. He asked me, why are we sending all these billions to Ukraine? Had no fucking idea. Has a strong opinion about the U.S.'s position on Ukraine. Has no idea that like 25% of the world's uh, refining capacity is in uh, Georgia and Ukraine. And that Georgia is teetering on becoming a Russian puppet state. And if Ukraine falls, Georgia's almost certainly going to fall, and that we will be cut off from all of the natural gas and the oil that's in the Caspian Sea, and gas prices will skyrocket, and Russia will have a stranglehold on the world's oil and gas supplies. That is not a value judgment on whether I think the U.S. should be sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. I have pointed out exactly what I see as the problematic things about our support of Ukraine, such as that's how you get a 9-11 happening when you fund rebel groups against Russia. Historically, it's not worked out for the U.S. when when we fund one group over the other. But the reason why we are sending billions over there is because it's protecting U.S. interests in the the Caspian Sea. But DM didn't know the fuck about that, but he had strong opinions. Why? Why you gotta have strong opinions about shit you don't know fuck all about? Like, people want to come out here and talk about, oh, the Jews run everything. The Jews are overrepresented in finance and in entertainment. We've we've gone over that. The reason is is historical. That you know there were bans on Christians loaning out money, and the Jews were banned from other sections of life. So therefore, they resorted to banking 
And that's why they're overrepresented in the banking industry. Jews were shut out from other sections of uh, U.S. culture and, and the job sectors. So they went and became uh, actors and comedians, which weren't looked at uh, with the reverence that we in the modern culture have and our, our current celebrity culture. Comedians were considered the dregs of society back then. That's why they're overrepresented. And like, if you don't know that history, why do you have a strong opinion on it? It's okay not to have strong opinions on things you don't know fuck all about. This is my rant. It's my biggest pet peeve. Just like fucking people, logical fallacies, man. People accuse me of ad hominem all the time, but ad hominem means something incredibly specific. It's It takes a, a form inside of a debate. It's when you use a personal attack as supporting evidence. If I prove you wrong and then call you a dumb fuck, I'm not committing an ad hominem. Don't use words you don't know the meaning of. I have no clue what's going on in chat. My, what does it take? Oh, once again, you're just creating, we're moving the goalposts. We're creating some, oh, this is my definition. Because if, if, if making a baby is your definition of, of what makes a sex, then you're going to leave people out. There are people born with ovaries that are infertile. You would still call them a woman. Once again, I I gave the the best definition of what is a woman. It's someone with predominantly feminine traits. We all agree on what feminine traits are. I looked it up. It was like dainty, uh, a feminine. We all agree, masculine traits, strong, burly. And no one, there's not an on and off switch. That's why, that's why there's femboys. Like, I just don't understand how people look at all the people in the world. And there's, there's an entire spectrum of people where there's femboys that don't have any hair on their bodies. And then there's big burly men. And then sometimes there's big burly men that talk with a list and they're kind of a feminine. And there's just a, there's just every representation on a spectrum. It's like you're looking at a color wheel. It makes fucking perfect sense. How is this how is this so hard? Why are people so dumb? It is one of sex, motherfucker. I not sex is in the act of anger, but it's not that's not to say that people that have odd genitals aren't going to have sex or have intercourse in some way with people. God damn it! I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. And why do you guys obsess about this? Why is it that I make a video 
about sex and gender and within 30 minutes there's all kinds of real right there's all kinds of real fucking assholes all up in my comments with the tra- transphobia absolutely is a thing I don't understand and here, a lot of people will say that it's mental illness. Okay, well, do you go up and dance at people uh, uh, that are in wheelchairs? If it is a mental illness, as as right-wingers say, do you mock kids with autism? Because what you say, i dumb and wrong. No, what I'm saying is not wrong. What I'm saying is backed up by science. But then you get right-wingers that are like, oh, well, the, all the science that you're going to show me, those, those uh, are just people going along with, the, with the, the woke Marxist plot or something. And it's just meaningless. I can't have, like, there's, there's no definitive thing I can show you. You'll just move the goalpost to something else. Right? This is why right-wingers are so infuriating, and eventually I just have to call you a fucking moron and move on. We can't just argue with dumb fucks all day. Well, well, Cross-Eyed is not going to be able to tackle what I'm saying about spectrums and shit. They're just going to create their own argument. They're going to be like, oh, well, game odds are this, or who can have sex, or what. It has... I don't think you... Cyanide, would you like to talk to me? Would you like to get in the Discord? Would you like to call in? You've got something to say. Because I can guarantee you're not going to be able to f- define Marxism. I want If you can tell me what wokeness is... I would love to know. Because it just seems like anything that fucking idiot-ass right-wingers don't like is woke. It's just a pejorative that has a nebulous meaning. So I would love to have a conversation with you and, and, and what you actually fucking mean by those terms. I think you're being, like, led by the dick... By grifters, right-wing grifters that just want clicks. Let me tell you, let me tell you how much easier it is to get clicks if you tell people like yourself on YouTube what you want to hear. I could get on here and say the same thing every other right-winger said. I'd have fucking thousands of followers. Getting on here and explaining the actual science and the truth and telling the majority of people uh, that are, are watching the YouTube or the majority of people being recommended political content by the algorithm, what goes against these these preconceived beliefs that they, they... Fucking tell us about it, motherfucker. Call in or get in the Discord. Critical social justice. What the fuck is that? Because if you're just going to break it down to uh, the idea that people are going to use politics to try to affect change in society, duh. Fantastic revelation. So it's just whatever politics you disagree with. 
I don't no cyanide. I know exactly what woke is. It's a nebulous pejorative that idiot ass right wingers use. No, not just any politics, the politics specifically that go against the interests of the business class. It just so happens to align with the business interests and the capitalist class in this country. Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, just so happens to align with the people that are against the wokeness. The the people that are against wokeness just so happen to be on the same side as the conservatives who want to preserve the status quo. Weird how that works out. And anyone who wants to challenge the status quo is woke. Am I getting this right? It'd be a lot easier if you called or discorded in so we could actually have a conversation. Because, you know, having to having to wait on a response is kind of annoying. But I, I, I think I've I think I've 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 hit the nail on the head here. Any of us who think that uh the rent's too damn high and and corporations aren't paying enough. And by the way, corporations are interfering. That seems to be something the, the right wing is signing on to now. They think corporations have too much power to interfere in your life. Hogan, good evening. Buddy, I'm a comedian. I, comedian right here. I am telling you, anyone that's talking about wokeness, yeah, I'm too fucking stupid is what you have to say. Because you can't, you can't fucking articulate a point. I didn't say I didn't like you. I'm just, you know, you probably believe some really stupid shit because right-wingers are morons. And I mean, it's not just me saying it. Rush Limbaugh said it. As a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. Seriously, you all look like fucking kooks. And that's the weird thing is, is you people are steeped in this Twitter, like not real world corporate media bullshit. And the right wing grifters that are, are trying to get clicks that are all telling you exactly what you want to hear. But you think that we're the brainwashed ones. You can't have conversations with us. You repeat the, you all say the same goddamn things. Believe me, as a content creator, I get the same goddamn comments, but the same goddamn... It's why a lot of of right-wingers say I'm quick to cut them off. It's like, I already know the fucking point you're making. I've heard it a million goddamn times. Do I have the phone lines open? Yes, yes I do. 917-830-4359 As a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. It is. Because you all look like fucking kooks because you are kooks. The right wing in this country is nothing but a bunch of fucking kooks. 
But you guys will go, you don't have any critical thinking skills, so you'll go along with any fucking bullshit they'll tell you. And it just so happens that it benefits the capitalist class. It benefits the preachers that are, are ripping off uh, PPP loans. It benefits those types of fucks. It benefits Donald Trump. Another win for the woke moralists. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Uh, and the right wingers just come in here. They say the dumbest shit, and then they jack themselves off. It's it's odd. It's odd. All right, we're going we're going a little more on the fun side here. Couple more stories for you. Police broke into the gallery of Banksy's former agent after people reported a dead woman inside. The dead woman turned out to be a hyper-realistic sculptor. Oh my God, they need to look into Hunter Biden's laptop. Fucking shit. Why do they need to look into Hunter Biden's laptop? Come on, man. Why do you... You're just repeating what right-wing media tells you. Tucker Carlson told you... Hunter Biden's laptop is important to you. Heir to the Swanson family fortune, multi-millionaire Tucker Carlson is telling who actually asked Hunter Biden to get his to write his son a letter of recommendation to get into college. Tucker Carlson told told you you should care about Hunter Biden's gigantic fucking schlong. What the fuck is wrong with you? Banksy's fucking sculpture is far more interesting. I'm surrounded by fucking idiots. London police received a call that a woman was unconscious in an art gallery on November 25th. After breaking the door in, they realized the woman... By my Hunter Schlong, uh, it got removed from TikTok. This 10% for the big guy is just some wild accusation Tony Bobolinsky made. And you guys have talked about it nonstop. The FBI is investigating. Shut the fuck up. Like, I don't fucking get it. Yeah, the big guy could just be Hunter's nickname for his gigantic schlong. Why? Why? Why are you people so goddamn tiring? What does... Hunter Biden isn't in the government. Don't you see... They want you talking to me about Hunter Biden so I don't tell you about fucking workers' rights and criminal justice. It's probably a government plot to send right-wingers in here to keep me off topic and just arguing the same dumb points over and over again with idiot-ass right-wingers so I don't uh, fucking... uh, uh, um, Radicalize people. Create a revolution. That's exactly what it is. My FBI agent 
has a bunch of sock puppet accounts. They just come in here. They know that they can get me off topic easily. That's where all these right-wing fucking trolls come from. Oh, now you're going to get me talking about music. Oh my god. First of all, the laptop is sketchy as fuck. We've gone over this a million times. If 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 Mike Pillow and Rudy Giuliani and all them are involved, then it's not reputable. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Stop getting your information from those people. Fox News is lying to you. Fox News wants to get you off topic. No, you're an FBI agent that is getting me off topic. I'm on to you, Federale. I see you, motherfucker. I know what you're doing. London police forcibly entered a Soho art gallery thinking they were going to save a woman slumped over on a table only to find that that woman was a piece of art. The London Metropolitan Police Authority confirmed the incident in a statement to Insider. Police received a call on the evening of Friday, November 25th from someone concerned there was a person unconscious on a table who had been locked inside the Laz Emporium. 20 minutes later, the police broke down the door No idea how ignorant I am. And no idea how ignorant I am. Here's your cat video. Look at the cat. It's got its toy in its hand. Look how sweet that baby is. It's my toy. Why'd you take my toy from me? It's my baby. You like how it just abruptly cut to the cat video? It's adorable. Why'd they take his toy from it to begin with? He clearly loves that toy. So Smokey was like, Smokey had, uh, and I, I had no clue how it got on the bed, but Smokey was laying there holding a catnip toy like that. When I laid down, I, I kind of, you know, took the took the catnip toy from him and then I was kind of, you know, playing with him. Then, like, I, I, I used it on Socks because Socks was, was there next to me. And then, like, I laid it back next to Smokey. And the next thing I know, Smokey is, like, throwing it up in the air and is jumping all over the place. And then, like, he's he keeps, like, trying to jump up on the side of the bed, but he's like hanging off of the side. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, cat? 
Just to rile them up. Oh, this is so sweet. I love this kitty. I want to hold him. That's the way Socks wants me to hold him at night. That's he, he, he lays like a baby with me. When he's ready. Like if I'm like, all right, Socks, let's go to bed. And I lay him down there. He'll be like, and then he'll jump down and scratch at the door. But when he's ready to go to sleep, he'll he'll come back. He'll knock at the door. Curiouser's here. She'll let him in. Oh, it's been a wild night. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Is it intellectual Dollar Tree time? It is. We're going to go over. We're going to see producer Dave and HK. If the raid button works for me. Dream drop out. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. We got it. Nobody ever raids me. I need to get to know the people that are on in the afternoon. I like the thing that's like, uh, you know, the number of people that raided are not high enough for this shit. That's cool. I like that. Have a good one, Dustin. Go ahead. Light one up. Tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Why does... Producer Dave has a beanie on. Be, be, be prepared for beanie producer Dave. <laughs>